So I have to tell you, this time of year, I think it always kind of surprises me because I always think during Lent, when it's just there's so many things going on, we've got a lot of extra devotions that are beautiful, a lot of confessions, you know, all these different things. It's always like, okay, once we get to Easter, you know, things are going to slow down a bit. And they don't slow down a bit at all. And that's okay. And actually, it's wonderful. But it's like physically taxing but amazing at the same time. And we're at this point in the Easter season where we're a mere two weeks out from Pentecost, getting ready for that great celebration of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But even before we get to that big celebration, we have a whole lot of other celebrations first in what we affectionately call in the office sacrament season. And we've had in the last week two big First Communion Masses, which were amazing. And then on Thursday night, we had Confirmation, which was also beautiful. And then it was just like as an added personal bonus myself, the reason why I wasn't here last Sunday was because I got to catch a plane last Saturday night after the vigil up to Peoria, Illinois, and then drove up to Iowa on Sunday morning for my nephew Owen's First Communion. And the thing is, with the excitement of the kiddos that are receiving First Communion, with the excitement of the confirmandi from the other night, it's contagious to see those kids get dressed up after their preparation and just how beautiful it is when they're all here and preparing to receive Jesus for the first time. Yesterday, as we had our First Communion Mass in Spanish, and right afterwards, one of my little buddies came up to me and said, I almost cried. I said, I understand. I did too. You know, it was really close. And then with my nephew last week, I got to stay with my brother and sister-in-law, my two nephews up there in Iowa on Sunday night and Monday night and I had to take off midday on Tuesday. And Owen asked before going to school on Monday, can you wait to celebrate Mass until we get home? I'm like, sure, buddy. And then when my sister-in-law picked him up at school, the first thing out of his mouth, did Johnny wait to say Mass? Yes, he waited to say Mass, because he was very ready to receive his second communion. And then after Mass, he asked if before they go to school on Tuesday, if we could have Mass then too. So it was an eight-year-old asking for a 6.30 a.m. Mass, which is not the norm, right? And so to have that, like I said, it's, it's contagious in this beautiful excitement about our Lord. But the great news for us, you know, yes, in this awesome time of year, is, you know, as the Easter season kind of draws to its grand conclusion, the good news for us is it's not just on these big days that our Lord is with us. It's just like I like to ask the first communicants, is this your last communion? No, and they know that. And it's awesome to see that, but I think sometimes we forget just how good the gift is that we have, that we are given so much by our Lord every single day. And I'll tell you, it's really hit me this year in sacrament season that as excited as all of the kids are to come to, uh, to, come to Jesus, to come to him and receive him in First Communion, I think our Lord is even more excited to be with them, to give him them, himself in Holy Communion, body, blood, soul, and divinity in all of its reality. To be there with them, like looking for that communion, wanting to be there with them in everything. And it's true for us too. And the great news for us is that, yeah, as we kind of move through the year, and sometimes that excitement kind of goes down a little bit. We're not as, you know, thrilled to get here for Mass every day. As we think about confirmation the other night and Pentecost coming up, 
there is a gift of the Holy Spirit that's a huge help with that. And I'll tell you, when it comes to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I don't know about you, but it's one of those things that it's good to commit to memory, but it's never been in my memory in the same way as other things. Like, I can tell you the seven sacraments, whether I'm awake or asleep, right? Like, I can give you the mysteries of the rosary, no problem. But for whatever reason, and I found this in confirmation classes too, to get the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit down, it's not easy. I wonder if we took a poll right now, who would know them all? I will say this, I'm taking a gamble, then this, this is the third mass. I didn't write them down, but I'm gonna tell you what they are, and I hope I'm gonna get them all right. Wisdom and understanding, knowledge and counsel, piety and fortitude, and fear of the Lord. Thanks be to God, got them all. So, there they are, they're gifts from God, right? Gifts of the Holy Spirit, and remember, a gift is something that we are given. It's not something that we manufacture, that we build up within ourselves. And, you know, the first four, wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and counsel, yeah, it makes a lot of sense of, you know, having these insights, helping one another, proclaiming the good news about the gospel, that we're given that makes a lot of sense. Fortitude, being strong, especially at the end of the school year when everybody's getting tired and it's not easy, right? Or even like that fear of the Lord, that awe. But the one that I feel like, at least personally, I've always kind of underrated is piety. And piety, you know, like just showing that reverence for what we've been given. Like having this love for God that shows itself in the way that we worship him, we praise him, we come to him. Like why do we need that as a gift? I mean, normally when I think about piety, sorry to say it, no offense meant to anybody. It's like you think about just little old ladies praying the rosary in church, you know? Like, oh, there's piety for you. But it's a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a strong thing. And you think about the power of the piety of those kids receiving First Communion, of our kiddos receiving confirmation the other night. That is a real devotion, a real thing in our world that's so full of artificial intelligence and, you know, things just merely in the ephemera that is the internet, right? It's all just out there and not tangible. And the great news for us is what we have been given, the love of Christ that we're given every single time we come to Mass, it is real. Because the fact of the matter, folks, is if this isn't real, if Jesus didn't really give us himself in the Eucharist, if it wasn't really him in communion to the kids the other day, then I am totally pitiable. I'm dressed like a wizard and handing out crackers, right? It doesn't make any sense. But the good news is, it is real. He loves us. And as I said, this year in First Communion, like just realizing he wants to be with us even more than we want to be with him, and to ask for the gift of piety, to respond to his call of love with love and devotion ourselves. And he's not just saying, okay, everybody get happy and excited about this. To ask for the gift of piety is an important thing, and I think something that changes the whole world. Like I said, those first communicants, it's contagious. It's exciting for me when my nephew says, can we have mass tomorrow at 6.30? When we are given that gift of piety, it makes things different. Look at what St. Peter is asking for us. Always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you for a reason for your hope. Do it with gentleness and reverence. How do we do that? How do you say to people, you know, it's like, why are you going to Mass? Why are you spending your Sunday morning with a whole bunch of people in front of that wizard who hands out crackers, right? Like, why are you doing all that? Why? Because it's real. 
because Jesus loves us. He doesn't leave us orphans, as we hear in the gospel today, because that love is a tangible thing, and he gives us the gift to keep coming back, the gift to love him enough to keep his commandments, and not like some sort of slaves that are held down because we got to follow the rules. Why does he want us to do it? If you love me. We do the things that we do out of love. And when we do them in that way, it is contagious. We're able to give the reasons that his love is real, it's tangible, that just like he is moved and wants to give himself to the first communicants, my friends, even if your first communion was 70 years ago, he's still excited to give you himself today. And I think as we approach Pentecost, as we move through, you know, a time that, yeah, it's tough out there, it's dark, people are getting more and more cynical, all these hardships, be ready to give people a reason for your hope. Ask for that gift of piety, for that love, that reverence, that devotion to our Lord, recognizing the fact that he continues to be here, assuring us that we are not orphans, that we are not left alone, that we have a reason to follow the commandments. Because just like we saw in the first reading, when that gets proclaimed, when that gives, gets lived out authentically, just like in Samaria, there was great joy in that city. And I was just thinking about this this morning as the deacon was reading the gospel. Peter and John go down there. John, the one who not that long ago asked Jesus if he should call down the thunder from on high on Samaria. Now he's going out there to lay hands on them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Yes, there's difficulties out there in the world. But the good news for us, God has poured out himself, has poured out the Holy Spirit upon us, gives us his gifts. And I would say, let's ask him for that gift of piety, that loving devotion, to keep responding to the fact that we are loved with love from our heart, and not just at First Communion, but every day. Praise be Jesus Christ.